What's up, Kangaroo Chasers? Well, I'm excited because it's NRL Season 2.0 Eve. It's about to start and we are pumped. On this episode, I speak to Eric Perez uh, from the Ottawa Aces. Really excited to be sharing that one with you. And also Phil Brown pops in to give away some Mascot Browns merch. I'm Michael Carboni. This is Episode 66 of the Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. All right, guys, welcome to the show. And I've given Big T the night off. He was way too excited. It's uh, NRL season 2.0 Eve, and he's out partying, way too excited to record the intro to a podcast with me. But I've got our man from Mascot Browns, Phil Brown, along for the ride, and uh, we're going to have a quick chat before my interview with Eric Perez. So, Phil, welcome back to Chasing Kangaroos, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me uh, back on, Cubs. Pleasure. Well, mate, we're here again to give away some Mascord Browns merch, thanks to uh, hashtag Ask Mascord Browns. But beforehand, man, I mentioned it at the at the top. NRL is back. Season 2.0 is about to get started. How pumped are you? Oh, can't wait. So excited. Like a you know, kid waiting for, uh, for Christmas. Um, you know, Thursday can't come quick enough. And I think, uh, you know, be, like full credit to everyone at the NRL for, for getting the competition uh, back up and running so soon. There was a lot of critics and, um, yeah, they pulled it off. They, they had a lot to contend with. You know, uh, Peter, the godfather, Volandis, had to, you know, offer the referees an offer they couldn't refuse. Like, plenty, plenty went on on the lead-up. So, it's hard to believe that we're actually here. But I'm excited. I'm just glad we're back. What what game, I guess, there's, there's going to be eight games this weekend. What game are you most excited about? And you're not allowed to say the Manly game because they're your team. So, it's got to be any game other than Manly's game. Well, well, I think I think Thursday, um, the fir- first game back, it feels like um, we've got that much anticipation. It was like when Super League and ARL joined back up, and uh, the Broncos played played Manly for that first game. It, it, you know, that's how hyped I am. I, I just can't wait. So I have to say Thursday night's game because I just I just miss the footy so much. And um, and I was asked what what my plans were for Saturday, and I said. I'm going to be watching three games back to back, Super Saturday with some KFC and a and a few beers, and that's my that's my day sorted. So you you can do that. You're lucky because your your missus loves rugby league as well. Mine's not, you know she she can she doesn't mind me watching it, but she's not a massive fan. So every night this week, I'm pretty much like she's she'll ask, "Baby, what do you want to watch tonight?" And I'll say, "Oh, babe, whatever you want to watch, you know." So that on Thursday we're ready, and when she asks a question. There's no excuses. I can watch whatever I like, and I'm going to be watching that that Broncos para game, and and it's going to be a massive weekend. So, I'm that's that's the one I'm looking forward to as well because I think Broncos para. I know like like everyone's talking about para to be there at the end of the year. I think Broncos are going to be a smoky as well, judging by the first two rounds. I know like it's pretty much we're pretty much completely starting again now, but I just feel like this first game there's a there's a small chance it could also be the last game of the year. And I don't know which way it's going to go, but I'm excited. Yeah, I don't have to agree with you there, Carbs. I think uh, the Broncos, uh, you know, they're, they're looking the goods this season. Parramatta were two two from two um, before the break. And, yeah, both both sides have got a star-studded lineup. And, you know, I read I read the last in the, in the last few days that um, Ben Teo might be signing with the Broncos. So, 
Yeah, that'd be a great signing for them. I saw that as well. It'd be good to have Ben Teo back. I read the article I read, the headline was uh, English rugby union player to sign with Broncos. And I thought, gee, who's that? It was Ben Teo. So it was, uh, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's played in the NRL before, but who knows? He might, he might suit up. I, I don't know. We're guessing now, but if he comes back to the NRL, there might be a chance he can play for England, maybe 2021 World Cup. Who knows? Yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting. And he's got Samoan descent as well. So you never know. He, if Sonny Bill uh, dons the Toa Samoa jersey, um, you know, maybe Ben Benteo might might join him. Who knows? But, you know, crazy? if he plays for England, fantastic. <laughs> Mate, um, before we get to the hashtag Ask Mascot Browns winner for this week, the winner of the uh, Denver Test shirt, a couple of golden points. So we've had some news over the week. Um, and the first one, there's just a couple, but the first one is uh, Golden Point Greece. So the GRLA is preparing for an eight-team 2020-2021 competition, and they're expanding into Albania. And you might know a bit about this because Mascot Browns are, are a sponsor of Albania, the national side. But Albanian club Tirana will be joining the seven Greek clubs in a groundbreaking season. And uh, I think that's incredible considering what Greece has been through over the, the couple, last couple of years, which our listeners will know all about they're growing the game into Albania. It's huge. Oh, I think the Greek Rugby League deserve a lot, of, a lot of praise for the hard work they've been doing. You know, they have a three-team women's competition as well, as well as, you know, developing Albania. It's just fantastic. You know, every, every, every time I see some news out of Greece, it's, you know, they're just, just going from strength to strength. So, um, you know, full credit to those guys over there. They're doing a great job, and we've we've agreed. Uh, George Stilianos from the GRLA has agreed to come on soon for some Q and A. So we'll do that once the season sort of gets started. But there's going to be plenty of Greek and now Albanian news here on Chasing Kangaroos. That's for sure. My golden point over to Papua New Guinea. Um, and did you see the news last week that since the Queensland Cup has been cancelled this year, the PNG Hunters players are going to be spread out around the PNG Digicel Cup competition. Yeah, I I, uh, I read that, and um, it's just going to be fantastic for the uh, for the league there. And um, I also read that PNG are now coronavirus free, so uh, you know they're free to commence their season, obviously. And um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be one of the strongest uh, in recent memory, that's for sure. It's going to be huge because that competition is already a decent standard, and not many people know because it's not televised. And um, I think it would be nice if it could, you know, maybe Fox or KO picked it up. It would be really good to watch, especially with some of these Hunters players there as well. And I heard, mate, Little Birdie told me that uh, that PNG Hunters jersey is available, mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Yeah, that Little Birdie would have been correct. Uh, yeah, PNG Hunters uh, jerseys, polos and training shirts are available now. Yeah, no, it would be great if uh, Fox League picked up some matches from PNG. It's just I, I was fortunate enough to go to Port Moresby when the 2017 World Cup was on, and yeah. I've never seen anything like it. They are so passionate about rugby league, and just caught a bus down the road, and you'd, you'd see uh, a lot of games going on, just you know, casual games going on in parks, and it's, it's just amazing. Like uh, if you're a diehard rugby league fan, definitely put that on the bucket list uh, to make a trip to Papua New Guinea. Mate, I reckon if I wrote down a bucket list, it would pretty much be your travels around the world. In rugby league, like you've done some pretty cool stuff, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, been, been, been pretty fortunate, so um, yeah, no, very lucky. Golden point over to the UK, and this one was huge news on both sides of the world. So Greg Inglis to the Warrington Wolves, mate, and you've you've lived over there for a little while. So how big is this going to be for the Super League and for the Warrington Wolves? Well, well, rugby league fans in the UK, um, you know, twenty twenty one is going to be one of the best seasons going with all the superstars that they've got in 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 the Super League now. With uh, you know, obviously uh, SBW and Jimmy Maloney, you know, Gareth Widdop, Greg Inglis, 
you know, it's just Israel Falau. It's just such a star-studded competition, and um, you know, Australian fans need to, need to uh, get on board. It's just it's a great competition. It's very uh, attack orientated, so you see plenty of tries. Uh, it's fast. It's flowing, and. Um, yeah, I think 2021 is going to be a sensational season in, in the Super League. Well, especially leading into that World Cup over there as well, it's just going to be great that a little bit more of the spotlight than than usual is going to be on that Super League competition over there. That'll lead into a successful 2021 World Cup and, you know, hashtag grow the game. It's going to keep getting bigger bigger and better. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I, I just think a great 2021 Super League season into a fantastic uh, World Cup with uh, Greece and Jamaica in it. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be a great year for rugby league. It's huge, man. Final golden point. And this one's over to Kenya and Spain as well. So there's been some coaching appointments during the week. So the Kenya Rugby League Federation have announced the appointment of their new national head coach, Edwin Rombo. And UK fans will remember Eddie from his stints at Leeds, Rhinos, Dewsbury and Featherstone. I I must admit, I must be a bit too young, but I don't remember Eddie Rombo. I don't know if you do, Phil, if you remember him from, from... the, I guess the early days, probably pre-Super League era. Yeah, I think it was a bit before my time. I think I don't remember the name. Um, like I don't, I can't picture him as a player. But his name has come up before uh, back in the, I think it was the early two thousands when um, Kenya Rugby League was trying to launch. Yeah, did recall reading his name, but um, yeah, fantastic for a you know Kenyan born and raised athlete who played professional rugby league to get back involved and pass his knowledge on to the local Kenyans it's certainly a a massive positive for the game it's awesome and I've got a sneak peek I've got an interview coming up soon with uh, a couple of guys from rugby league in Kenya so that's going to be awesome the other the other coaching news of course a Spanish rugby league have appointed a friend of the podcast Lee Addison as coaching director and Lee was involved in that USA side which caused upsets in 2013 at the World Cup and also he was the head coach of the Poland squad who were undefeated in the 2018 Emerging Nations World Cup campaign uh, here in Sydney. And so we can expect some good things coming from Spain in the next few years, that's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, Poland Rugby League will be missing their, their coach, uh, you know, going on to Spain. And, um, yeah, Poland's loss is Spain's gain. So, um, yeah, good luck to Lee. And um, I'm sure he's going to do fantastic things over there. Definitely, man, definitely. And, well, look, we're about to get on. Speaking of uh, places, great new places for the world of rugby league, I'm about to share our interview with Eric Perez from the Ottawa Aces. Man, I recorded this a couple of weeks ago. It was like a half an hour Q&A. We asked listeners of the show to, to give us some questions on social media, and I just hit Eric with question after question for half an hour. We had so much fun and uh, learnt a lot as well. So I think the listeners are going to really, really enjoy this one. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I think um, Eric is, you know, what he's done for rugby league, if I cross paths with him, I'm definitely going to buy him a beer. He's, uh, he's done some great things for our sport. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, well, let's get on to it. So you're, the reason you're here is to give away uh, that Denver Test shirt, hashtag AskMascotBrowns, MascotBrowns.com uh, and MascotBrowns.com.au, of course, is where you can get this stuff from. And if you use the discount code 2020Vision, uh, which is exclusive for Chasing Kangaroos listeners. You get that 10% off as well. But, um, mate, so the winner of this hashtag Ask Mascot Browns competition this week is John Christie. And John asked if you could make a Last Dance-style documentary based on one rugby league team, domestic or international, what side would it be and why? Well, um, yeah, congratulations, John. Great question. Um, but I, b- before I go on, I must confess, I have, haven't actually seen... Um, 
the Last Dance series. <laughs> I've heard a lot about it, but I, I haven't seen it myself, I think so I must the, confess that. You're the only person in the world at the moment who hasn't seen The Last Dance, but I, I've only, I'm only up to episode four, so I'm, I'm half, <laughs> almost halfway there. But, I, but I, I have heard what it's about, and I've got the gist of, of what it's about, and um, I believe it's a you know the documentary is about um, the great Michael Jordan and the dynasty at the Chicago Bulls. So to answer John's great question, I'd have to say the the Queensland State of Origin team that won uh, ten series in the space of eleven years. What what a, a champion side that was! Yeah, I th- I think many people would answer the same way. Like that was just a crazy period. Um, your Cameron Smiths, your Billy Slaters, your Jonathan Thurston's, Cooper Cronks, even like the early days, you had your Darren Lockyers, etc. Like just a crazy period for rugby league in Queensland. And and the be- the biggest thing about that for me is if you go back all the way to the start of that, you know, it was the Andrew Johns era. So New South Wales had just come off the back of like a three uh, ser- a three time series victory. And people were talking about the concept being dead and Queensland, you know, not getting behind it anymore. And then all of a sudden they had this epic dynasty. I think it would be a fantastic documentary, mate. Um, for me, I'd like to see I'd like to see Tonga, you know, on the international level. I'd like to see the recent like Tonga squad um, immortalized in a documentary like that. So probably starting from when Fafita Tamalolo um, uh, you know, left Australia and New Zealand to represent Tonga, all the way up to I'd take it all the way up to the twenty twenty one World Cup, whether they win it or not. I think that would be awesome, and you know, just to see the rise of Tonga and international rugby league during that period, I think that would be a great documentary as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, um, what these guys have done for international rugby league, it's it's just amazing. And I remember when Tonga were playing Australia last year. I was working that day and managed to uh, tune in. I think just before half time, and um, obviously, I'm born and raised in Australia. I lived lived in England. But I was cheering very loud for the Tongans. Just uh, so you know, I, I know I sound very unpatriotic, but I just uh, I love an underdog story, and I just love you know their, what they've done. And when they beat Australia, I just thought, what a what a great moment for for rugby league on the international stage. Mate, I feel the same way. Big T didn't. He hated that uh, Australia lost, but you know, you know. Two out of three, of us, you know, all good. Well, mate, uh, one more question. I was asked by um, I was asked by uh, Coach Wright, the right man. He's a uh, head coach of the Uruguay. Can't even say it right. The Uruguay Rugby League. He wanted me yep. to ask you if uh, we're getting some Uruguay jerseys on Mascord Brown soon. Well, we've been, we've been in touch, and um, we ho- we're hoping to. Obviously, Steve Mascord and myself. Our, our long-term goal is to be able to stock every single country around the world that plays rugby league. We're a long way off at the moment because there's so many countries now joining the fold, but Uruguay definitely in our sight. So hopefully soon. Yes, hopefully soon. Awesome. Big shout out to the right man and Uruguay Rugby League. Phil, as always, it's been amazing, mate. Cannot wait to do this again. We'll, we'll have to do another giveaway soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. And uh, guys, now over to my interview Q&A with Eric Perez. <laughs> Eric, how are you, mate? Como está, senor? Benele. That's as far as my Italian goes, mate, so I hope that's all you've got as well. That's all I've got, man. Yeah. (laughs) Mate, are you ready? Everything else is swear words. Everything else is swear words. We can say those as well on this podcast. I'm recording, so... (laughs) How are you, mate? I'm good, bro. So I know we've got 30 minutes with you today, buddy. Um, We're with Eric Perez. 
all the listeners know who you are, mate. Uh, and we've opened up to our social media following for questions. So my plan is just right. to, oh, I'm just going to hit you with questions until you tell me to stop. So how does that sound? Okay. Sure. <laughs> all right, mate. Let's do it. I'm excited. Uh, so qu- question one, Alan Taylor. He wants to know, he said, you've made reference in the past to mistakes you made with Toronto. Uh, what are some of those mistakes and how do you intend on doing things differently with the Ottawa Aces? Some of this, the mistakes, I guess, would be that, you know, I wouldn't even go as far as say mistakes. I'm going to say the circumstances that we were in forced us to do certain things. Yeah. Like focus on uh, all kinds of logistical issues and... Uh, you know, with, with the stadium we were in, we had to basically dress up the entire stadium and staff it, and it was it was a different situation. With whereas with Ottawa, we have a, a ready to go stadium. We have a partnership with OSEC. They take care of all of our event logistics and whatnot, so we can focus on things like recruitment from Ontario and Canada and mm. developing rugby in the community. So, do you think though that like your experience with Toronto has enabled you to make a, a, a strong, a more sound decision the second time around as well with all of those things. Yeah, because I mean, the first time around, uh, first of all, it's the situation that we came into the league and the, yeah. you know, the the parameters that were placed in front of us and and the, and the environment wasn't conducive to success. Like, I mean, I've heard people say it before. I think Brian Noble has said it. I'm not going to say it was set up to fail, but it wasn't given any type of a leg up in any way. Yeah. So um, this time around, we kind of took matters into our own hands, bought Hemel, Stags, and uh, retained some more membership rights. And then on the back of the Toronto success, we were able to get a better deal. Sensational, mate. And you mentioned the stadium. Um, and Stuart McLennan wants to know, what sort of home crowd numbers are you expecting in your first season next year? Um, it would be nice if we got the same numbers as Toronto did in their first season. I think that's a realistic expectation. Cool, cool. Yeah. Mate, and we've had this question came up a lot. So Nate Gladden, Adam Wright, Nicholas Mew, they all want to know what sort mm. of what sort of pathway do you foresee for Canadian players into your squad? Yeah, so we've got this elite uh, trial that, that we're setting up in the autumn. So that's that's one pathway. And then um, I don't want to reveal too much, but um, <laughs> Let's just say, because, you know, I can't right now, but let's just say I believe that uh, there'll be a lot more people playing rugby league in the area and uh, and around Ontario, and that that's another pathway as well. That sounds very exciting. I can kind of put yeah. two and two together, and our listeners are very yeah. smart, so I think they might be able to do that as well. There's, there's certainly plenty, nice. of, plenty of talent over there. Uh, Nicholas Mew had another question. He wants to know, with the League One structure for next year, it hasn't been finalised, obviously, how can you plan for next season? And even with, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, we're still unsure of when things are going to be happening and starting again or going back to normal. How do you plan for a season like that? Yeah, it's really tough. The good thing is we're doing all the logistical planning and putting a lot of administrative pieces in place. Uh, Soon we'll announce a head coach and uh, start recruiting players but really, we're waiting to see what the season will look like next year. If this season goes long, yep. you know, if, they, if they resume playing, it goes long. If uh, they do a winter competition, which I've heard people talking about, whatever whatever it is, we'll we'll be ready to start whenever it's time. Sensational. Yeah. At IRL Sumo on Twitter, he wants to know if there'll be any TV coverage in Canada. 
Sorry, what was that name again? <laughs> IRL Sumo. Interesting, yeah. I'm sure it's not his real uh, name. Yeah, all right, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you'll look at a baby and say, oh, IRL, IRL. Sumo. <laughs> yes, there will be coverage in Canada. It'll be national coverage, and when the time comes, that'll be announced. Did you guys sort all that out? It's in the process. That's so good. Awesome, mate. Yeah. Paul Mack, he wants to know, will the Aces have their training base in England, like the Wolfpack? Or will they actually be based in Canada? Yeah, so we'll be based in the UK from, you know, I guess November, December until March. Yeah. Uh, because, and the reason for that's very simple. I know I, I hear a lot of people moaning and complaining about how we're not a real Canadian team. All the other teams are based in Europe. Yep. So if we're, if, if, if unless you want us to get absolutely smoked and, are, and you don't care about player welfare, uh, and so they will have no preseason games and no inter squad scrimmages. If if you want that, then we can still we can train indoors in Canada and then fly over for the first game uh, and play nobody and do nothing. <laughs> Otherwise, we have to base ourselves in the UK. That's where the sport is based. Uh, so we will do our preseason training in the UK and play the first couple of games there in the season, and then come to Ottawa. And then for the rest of the season, we're mostly based in Ottawa. It's it's a back and forth. It's, that's how it is. I mean, it's hard to argue. Like, it's a lot of travel if you're going back and forth every every second week. I think, um, yeah, you know, there's a small section of fans that will find anything to complain about, I suppose. But um, so those guys, yeah, you can you can give them a suitcase full of hundred dollar bills, <laughs> and they'll complain that they're that they aren't twenties. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I kind of would have preferred two suitcases of twenties. <laughs> like, oh, you know what? Take your suitcase, okay. I always wondered, the first time I visited the States, I had a $50 note and no one would accept it. This was before, you know, you could use... Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, mate, lots of questions coming in about coaching. Have you selected a coach yet? Or is there a short list at this stage? Definitely, there's definitely a short list. We're down to three. Can't reveal any names, I assume? Of course not. <laughs> that, would, that would be irresponsible. You're too good, mate. Too good. Two questions here. So, at Bereft of the Dial on Twitter, and also Rugby League, in my opinion, on Twitter. So they want to know, are there any plans for a preseason game versus Toronto? No preseason plan, but there is a plan to do an ongoing series uh, with Toronto every year. A Battle of Ontario, a Battle for Canada kind that, of thing. That's awesome. It, do you, yeah. Obviously, it's going to be a, a, an interesting scoreline the first time around, but do, yeah. do you see that being a problem? I don't know. So you're saying we're going to beat them that badly? That, that, <laughs> I love the confidence. That, that, you know, if that's what you're thinking, then I mean, it's up to them. But uh, no, listen. Uh, clearly, they're a super league side. Yeah, uh, and and they're going to have a super league level team, and we'll have more Canadians on our team, whatnot. Um, but whatever the score is, uh, we'll win people's hearts, we're, we're, and we're the people's champions all the day, like every day in Canada. Like we'll have Canadians on our squad that. Uh, that have come up in Canada or by the way, a Canadian is a Canadian, whether you come, whether you moved to Canada four years ago and got your citizenship or you've been here for four generations, a Canadian is a Canadian. We don't look at things that way. Yeah. But what, the way we do look at it is if your heart is Canadian, then you're Canadian. I know a few Australians over there and they never want to come back. So I think what you're saying is true. Yeah. It's like, it's like um, Canada is like Australia with uh, slightly more severe weather. Yeah, it's probably more like New Zealand. Australia is more like America. When when you know New Zealanders are much nicer. I know, I know Australia wants to think they're more like America. <laughs> I mean, in, compa- 
Yeah. <laughs> mate, yeah. Um, mate, I, I wanted to ask as we're well. Like, we're like New Zealand. We're like New Zealand in a way that we're bigger than Australia and New Zealand combined in land area and in population. Mate, it's not a competition. I was just saying you guys are nice. I'm, I'll take oh, it back. I'll take it a, back. It's a, co- it's a commonwealth. <laughs> we're, we're in commonwealth wars now, man. You, you've, you've opened up the door here. I've got to stand up for my country. <laughs> <laughs> mate, um, I, I've always wondered as well, or I've wondered... Do, do you think there will be a working relationship with the Wolfpack? Like I see, like I'll just I'll give you an example of what I mean. So I, I interviewed Quinn Nwadi recently, and that yeah. it, and and it was an awesome chat. And I just think you know there's an opportunity for a player like him if he's not yeah. in the top Toronto squad, then he could be playing yeah. for for Ottawa. Is is that the kind of thing that could happen next year, or do you do you see? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um, have, have we had any talks about that yet? No. Uh, they've had their hands full, sort of, with the the whole, you know, suspension of the season and whatnot. But um, when the time comes, I'm sure that chat will ha- happen, and um, we're willing to do it. And it t- definitely makes sense, uh, especially when we're both in Canada. It's a it's a chance for uh, players to train with both sides. That's uh, fin- you know, I think it just makes total sense. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it's fantastic. I like what you're saying cool. about Canadians in your site. Like, it's just it's fantastic. So I'm glad you. Is sticking to that. Um, the next one, mate. This isn't a question. This is more of a more of a statement or more of an, an invitation. So Tom yeah. Tom Stevenson, he's the founder of California Rugby League, doing some great things over there. He asked yeah. me to please extend an invitation to Eric to bring the team to California for a preseason match. Any chance? No chance of a preseason match because we'll be in the UK yeah. at that time. Uh, because we we need to play against high level competition. But, um, yeah, he should send an email to info at ottawaaces.com and we can work on uh, maintaining a relationship and possibly doing something during the season, having them uh, come play an Ontario side uh, as a warm-up to one of our games. I'd be open to that. So, you've heard it. So, just send, send an email. Tom Stevenson, you're welcome. Um, Liam wants to know, are you still the interim chairman of the Bradford Bulls? Technically, I am still the interim chairman. Yes. How, how does that work? Like, and well, One thing we have to remember is I'm not the CEO. Yep. I know a lot of people are like, oh, how can you be the chairman from across the ocean? Well, first of all, there's a pandemic, so excuse me if I'm not interested in catching any diseases right now going into the airport. <laughs> You're That's excused. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, I... I do things for the club that can be done remotely. We, we have our board meetings remotely. And, uh, and that, anyways, it's only up until we get a new chairman imminently. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm not the CEO. I don't run the day-to-day. I never did. Some, some chairmen never go into the club. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I was actually and, – and, and I've spent half the time that I've been chairman sitting in the stadium. Uh, yeah in the office working with the staff so i'm not a day-to-day person there so my role is also limited now as we're looking to transition to a more permanent chairman yeah, so cool. yeah just for, for governance we haven't had our our meeting to relieve me of duties yet yep yep well it sounds like it hasn't affected anything at all whatsoever for, for ottawa oh, so no. you've, you've balanced them quite well um on, yeah. Bra- on bradford what are your thoughts there do you think they can can make their way back to super league Oh, for sure. For sure. This club is a club that's gone through a lot 
the, basically it was the, one of the clubs that inspired me to get into rugby league in the first place. Yeah. Uh, uh, subsequent to that, in the last 10 years, I've spent at least six weeks to two months of every year in the Bradford area yeah. and Bradford and Halifax and Leeds. So I, I, I have an affinity for the community. And so, but I'm not saying this with any bias at all. The club is completely on a new track right now. Yeah. A sustainable track. A, it has strong leadership, strong ownership, guys that know what they're doing. And I really truly believe that Bradford will be a top six side again in within five to six years, top six in super league challenging for grand finals, making grand finals, lifting trophies within five to six years. So uh, it's it's the time right now. It's, it's time right now to jump on the Bradford Bulls bandwagon. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure Bradford fans would love to hear that. They've had plenty, <laughs> plenty of adversity over the last last yeah. few decades. But yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. Is that how you found rugby league? Like, how did you discover rugby league? And which would you know which team did you follow when you first discovered Super League or the NRL? Yeah, so the first first ever time I discovered rugby league, I was in Gibraltar in 2002. Yeah. Um, and I and I watched it on television there, and it was Leeds versus Bradford. It was the first game I ever saw, and um, at that time they were both really strong sides. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the first time I saw it, and uh, I didn't really follow any team. I just loved the whole thing. And then um, I was living in Birmingham, UK. Yeah. Uh, in 2010, and I I saw it again on television, and I said, you know what? Like, what is this? Like, why is this so exciting? <laughs> Yep. And then I looked into the history of it. I realized that it wasn't in Canada uh, for socioeconomic reasons from the turn of the last century. Uh, and I don't, I don't like those kind of class divides. So uh, immediately I, I just gained an affinity for rugby league and the culture and what it stands for uh, and what it represents. Uh, looked into Australian rugby league and just got obsessed with it. Um, yeah. No, no. I, oh, I used to watch um, Boots and all the the podcast on Sky Sports. Oh yeah, uh, it, used, it used to have a video podcast. It was the show basically as a video podcast, and it was out in 2010 and 2011. Uh, and you could watch the whole Boots and all. Was that so? I got really into uh, Super League uh, at that time. So that's and then actually subsequently later on that year, I ended up getting my own television show on Sportsnet yeah. here in Canada and was actually covering Super League and the NRL over here. So, so soon after discovering it, really. That's incredible. Do you, do you think interest is growing over there for, for Super League and NRL? Like, obviously, with, with Toronto and the Super League, there's, there's a little bit of news over there. I don't think. I know. You know. I know it is. Tell, tell me about yeah, that. Like, what have, what, tell me about the change you've seen. What do you yeah. see in there that we, we don't know about? Well, what, well, I mean, when I first started the Canadian Federation in 2010, Yeah. I, I, it took me minutes. Uh, sometimes I never could even get across that rugby league isn't a rugby union league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a rug, it's a different sport. Okay, that's the level we were at. Yep. Now people people talk about rugby league. It's in every mainstream newspaper and sports uh, platform. Uh, everyone reports on it. The Wolfpacker scraping almost ten thousand every game. Uh, it's very clear to see that. The sports, the sport has made a massive leap from non-existent in, you know, June 2010, let's say, non-existent to uh, one of the most talked about uh, ventures in Canadian sports right now. 
That's so. that's incredible, and that's why I think, and you, you're obviously going to agree with me, but when it comes to the Americas, I know, you know, Jamaica's in the World Cup, and I know yeah. USA has a good rivalry with Canada. We're seeing South American nations rise as well, but Canada's yeah. going to be the next big thing. Like, Canada's going to be, you know, up there amongst the top nations soon enough. How do you think? Yeah, within, within 20 years, Canada yeah. will be able to, I think, in 20 years, reach that World Cup quarterfinal, maybe semifinal stage. Well, what's, by, that, by then. what's that pathway look like, mate? I'll get back to a question, and this can sort of lead yeah. us to, to this question as well. But so, yeah. International Rugby League enthusiast on Twitter and Henry Lamar, they had similar questions. They want to know how many North American teams do you think will be in Super League in 10 years? Do you see a time when North America sits in its own league or conference. And I guess that can sort of tie into what I've just asked you as well. So 20 years, you see Canada being a major force in the rugby league world. How, what's the pathway? How did how does Canada get there in your opinion? That's a lot of questions. I don't know if you know which one to start with. <laughs> Wherever you like. Uh, how many teams in super league in 10 years? Yep. Well, uh, Toronto, Ottawa, uh, if I know if the guys in New York, can achieve even 10% of what they say Yep. than New, than New York. Yep. Uh, and probably one more, maybe. Um, but when I say that, it, that can't be a 12-team Super League. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I don't even know if it'll be Super League. Who knows what it'll be. But, uh, you know, it depends. If there's, if there's 20 teams in the top flight, you know, to say four or five of them are Canadian and American that would only be really, really a, a strong move uh, economically for the, for the league. So probably something like that. Let's say three right now, because that's the three that yep. are in play. Yep. Um, yep. Other questions, a path, well, like uh, how do I see Canada getting out there? Well, um, I know people wanted when the Wolf pack started playing, they wanted an automatic uh, system to appear with hundreds of people playing it uh, the sport and, and like dozens and dozens of clubs just popping up out of nowhere. Well, yeah. that's not the way things work. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, building from grassroots all the way up to professional, that could take like a hundred years. So that's, that's not viable. The way to do it in North America and uh, sorry to all the Cheeto fingered forum uh, trolls that <laughs> will, will just won't understand this. They're just so ridiculous um, that I've been told about. They don't listen but, to this uh, show. Don't worry. Oh, that's fine. They can, I hope they do listen to this show because they're stupid. They should, they should hear what I'm saying. Okay? Yep. The, the way to inspire people in North America is from the top down. So, for example, have you seen the Netflix documentary, The Carter Effect? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, it's about Vince Carter and how he transformed basketball in Canada. Okay. Where, so when I was growing up, basketball was not a popular sport. It wasn't yep. played very much. Maybe there was one or two people on the street that had a basketball net at their house, yep. you know, yep. max. Now every house has it. And, uh, you know, the, the Canadians are the number one demographic outside of Americans in the NBA. When, you know, when I, when Carter joined the league, there was maybe one or two Canadians in it. Yep. And, um, and now there's the last two or three drafts. There's been eight or nine, maybe even 10 Canadians chosen. And the NBA drafts only two rounds. So, like these, these things take a generation. They take 20 years, 25 years to build up. So uh, with success, because remember, uh, Toronto's only been at the top level yep. for five, six games now. Yeah. 
so with time and success and continuity at the top level, more, more people will be interested, more kids will want to play the sport. And over time, you'll get better athletes in it. You'll have more of an infrastructure. The national team will get stronger and it'll be able to compete. But that takes time. That takes generations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I have to forgive the Cheeto-fingered haters uh, because they don't understand how sports work. So if it's okay for them to hate on Toronto and Ottawa and say, well, they're not really Canadian teams. But when the, when the Toronto Raptors won the NBA title this past year and they had no Canadians on the team, they were Canada's team and Canada rejoiced it. Nobody said, oh, they're not, they're not really a Canadian team. When the Toronto Blue Jays won the 92 and 93 World Series, uh, no one said, oh, there's maybe one Canadian on the team. Nobody said, hey, this isn't a Canadian team. No, it is. It represented Canada. So we have a different idea of what Canadian is than people who aren't from Canada. It's pro, also, by the way, it's pro yeah. sports. Eh? Yeah. It's pro sports. It's not, we're not, it's, this is, the Ottawa Aces and the Wolfpack are not a national team. You know, we're pro sports. Uh, I remember when Arsenal fielded their first completely non-English starting 11. Yep. You know, uh, and then Arsenal didn't become some kind of UN team. Beside, there was a little UN flag beside their their name when they were in the uh, Champions League. Yeah. No, they were still English. Yeah. So uh, we'll make our best effort to field as many Canadians as possible. But if you put on that shirt, you're one of us. And yep. that's that. Yep. By the way, you can tell I love that question. You've you've answered it before, I'm sure. I feel like you have. Yeah. And I, yeah. Look, another example that you can use next time you answer it is the New Zealand Warriors because, you know, New Zealand have always played rugby league, but rugby union is their, their number yeah. one sport, yeah. right? There's no yeah. doubt about that. But since the Warriors have been in the NRL, now, yeah. that, now they're the world number one team. New Zealand, the Kiwis are the world number one yeah. ranked yeah. international team. And there are, you know, at something like 50% or more or close to fifty percent of the NRL are Kiwis or Islander descent. So, yeah. uh, rugby league is the number one sport now in New Zealand amongst the Maori population. That's correct. Well. Yeah, that's so, correct. You've done your research. And by the way, Melbourne Storm. When, when was the last time they fielded a Melbourne-born and bred player? <laughs> Look, there's what there's been one or two. Melbourne. One or two in how, in how many years? Exactly. Well, they started right. in 1998. So that's right. a good point. But the yeah. To their, what many people don't know about that is when Melbourne got done for cheating the salary cap. Yeah, a lot of funds went other ways, and they didn't get to spend money on their academy and facilities and development. So they're behind the eight ball there. But that but, wasn't that long ago, so it would have, it would have taken the, whatever they had spent at that time wouldn't have been you wouldn't have yielded the results yet. So maybe they're set back for the future. Yeah, yeah. Like, that we wouldn't have seen anything yet from that. But I agree with what you're saying, like, you know, we shouldn't be giving Toronto and certainly Ottawa a hard time for not having many Canadian players. Yet. Well, Quinn Nawadi is the only one at the moment for Toronto. But-, but is it not enough that we have to pay for everybody's flights, accommodations and meals when they come over? Um, we have to pay for all of their, uh, their visa costs if they're from a visa uh, requiring country. Um, we have to, we have like, we, we don't get the full distribution, central distribution. Like, is it not enough that we're already hampered in all those ways financially? You know, 
like you said, uh, there will always be people who complain, and yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. But you just got to prove those people wrong, mate. And I think you're, yeah. you're slowly doing that, mate. We spoke about Canadian players and and where they could come from. And and Ben on Twitter wants to know: Do you think what's the amateur rugby union scene like over there? And do you think there's potential to pick up some some players from from the Canadian rugby union side? Uh, we, there's potential to pick up players from. Canadian rugby union in general and from Canadian football. And the amateur scene is really vibrant. You know, there's a couple hundred at least clubs in Canada. It's, it's a, it's one of the traditional established sports here, you know, being a Commonwealth nation. Yep. And in particular, the Ottawa community is super vibrant, super exciting Eastern Ontario rugby union in general. So uh, we, we foresee great things happening uh, where we can build rugby league, and rugby union, uh, we can build them both uh, in Ottawa. Why not? Yeah. Frullins wants to know how will you embrace the French-speaking Canadians? Yeah, you'll see soon how I'll embrace it. <laughs> Starting with next week's jersey selection for their for our fourth concept jersey, you can start with that. That is awesome. Well, I'm going to have to. Yeah. Um, it, uh, listeners may have seen that by the time this is released, so let's let's looking forward to seeing that, man. But I, lo- I love yeah. it. You're leaving us hungry for more. I love it. Uh, Kieran Brown. Kieran Brown wants to know. This is a funny one, actually. Who is the best person to contact about players, and why don't the club reply to my emails? Who is this person? <laughs> Kieran, I think he's a uh, he's a manager, so he, he finds players, and he I guess he wants some players in to try and get some players over your way. Right. Because we don't have a coach yet, yep. we haven't hired a coach yet, I am not the kind of uh, chairman that will meddle with the playing side. When we hire a coach, that coach will have full and complete reign yep. to to select players. Talking to me or anybody else right now is futile. So when we ha- when a coach is hired, you can email the club and then you can, you'll be put in contact with the coach. And that's the person who makes the decisions. All right, Kieran Brown, a little bit of patience, mate. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's it's not far off. We're going to hear that shortly soon. Yeah. Bernard Fisk wants to know, this is a big question, if you're in charge of International Rugby League, yeah, what would be the first thing you do? Great question, eh? <laughs> what I would do is, first thing I would do is I would regulate the calendar and I would probably make a nation's league style format because rugby league, like the, you know, like the UEFA nation's league and the yep. CONCACAF nation's league and whatnot, because rugby league has always been a sport of league tables. And that's, that's how I believe that the, the sport should be consistently structured that way all the way through. Yep. And that would be the first of many, many, many things I would do. What else? Give us some more. I would probably uh, look to foster expansion more, uh, not just in North America, but in other places, and try and put together high-profile competitions. Yep. Uh, and um, well, I mean, there's so much, man. We could talk about man. that all day. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's a separate. We can have a separate international podcast. We'll do that next time. Yeah. Um, Chris Reed wants to know what's next. Do you think you will uh, try and start up a rugby league team in Venezuela? No, definitely not going to start a rugby league team in Venezuela. Now, having said that, if there's any Venezuelans listening, uh, Venezuela used to be unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, fantastic country. And uh, is that like a hint? Are you trying to ask if I'm Venezuelan? Yes. 
Are you trying to find out what my actual like heritage, my, my like my background? Is? You'd be surprised how many people wanted me to ask you that. How many people? I'd say three or four at least. Yeah, I'm guessing you're Italian, yeah. Well, you, yeah, that's not hard. It's Carboni. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Carboni. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, Spanish. Yep. Like from Spain. Yep. Uh, Spanish North African as well because uh, Spain used to control an area that's now in Morocco that was called Spanish North Africa. Yeah. So Spanish and Spanish North African. Wow. Uh, six. By the way, sixteen percent Italian. Oh, there you so, go. That's how you speak. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah. That's how you learn how to swear and, in Italian. And uh, Venezuelan too. So there you go. There you go. We got it right. Yeah. Mate, um, do you see yourself like, does it end with Ottawa? Are you going to be there for the long term? Or do you think you're going to be like, you're, you're already a serial club entrepreneur. Is that yeah. going to continue? Are you going to keep going? I'm hoping that I can chill with Ottawa, yep. just do Ottawa, make Ottawa as big as it can be and focus on Ottawa and help somebody else can pick up the reins yep. uh, and start more clubs if needed. I, I want to make Ottawa as, as big and as great as it can be. Mate, that's sensational. How can, um, how can our listeners support Ottawa, get behind what you guys are doing and, and follow along? Right. So obviously at Ottawa Aces on social media and ottawaaces.com to check out our website and as well just for the international listeners that when we very soon probably near the end of the summer we'll be announcing international membership where Beautiful. you can buy a membership there'll be all kinds of cool features with that uh discounts and things that you get with it plus uh it's actually a season ticket membership so you're buying seasons and you know, obviously you can't make the game so if you buy the tickets you can put them back into a pool and they will go to uh, youth that need the tickets, like who, who can't afford to go to the game, or for some reason we want to give uh, them the opportunity to come to the game. Also, first responders and people who are working on the front lines during COVID-19, we want to be able to reward those people with the gift of rugby league, the greatest gift of all, greatest game of all. That's wonderful, man. I've got a good friend of mine, Big T. He'll be all over that. So I think that's a, that's a fantastic nice. idea. Man. Big T, eh? I like that name. <laughs> He, he, Shout outs to Big T out there. Big T. Guys, uh, Eric, yeah. Eric Perez, we're out of time. You've been amazing. Let's come back sometime and we'll talk more about your plans for International Rugby League. And thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. Hey, mille grazie, Michele. <laughs> ciao. Right, ciao.